This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, Odyssey sports original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for being with us. Scott Colbranson, along with my co-host Mo Moten. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do so on the audio side. Just look for it wherever you get your audio. Just search Silver and Black today. Subscribe right there. Put on the auto download. That helps us out a lot. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube or wherever you may be watching us, thanks on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel Hit that notifications bell and give us that thumbs up. That way, you know, every time we have a new video. All right. We are back. Uh, Not much to talk about today again. Right. Nothing going on in the in the world of the Raiders. No, I'm I'm kidding, of course. But we had over the weekend, Mo, by the way, follow Mo on X.com. Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. He is senior NFL writer over Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at Sportsnot.com. You can also catch my work both uh, written and video format on sportsnot.com as well. Uh, We had drama over the weekend. So we hear Mo first. Let's start with that. We'll get into the actual person who looks, appears to be, unless he decides to pull out too, um, the the, the Raiders 2 offensive coordinator. But let's start with what happened over the weekend. Cliff Kingsbury, all the reports came out from all the regular NFL insiders that, that are rarely wrong. So, you know, everybody could assume that this was happening. Cliff Kingsbury, the next day, wake up on Saturday morning. Guess what happens? He's withdrawn. He's basically, uh, they had some issues. Different reports say it was a contract issue. We don't have any details of that. We don't have any details. So people are just assuming what it is and jumping to conclusions. But either way, it was a change of heart for Cliff Kingsbury or something happened and negotiations broke down. And so he walks away. He is now going to be the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. And and Mo, I just want to get your opinion on this because things happen until the ink is dry, so to speak. Things happen. But it's not – I mean, we have not seen this happen in this coaching cycle where somebody's going to be the coach and it's reported widely – and then suddenly it, it's it's not anymore. So, again, this is another kind of focus on the Raiders. For those of you who don't like the national media treating the Raiders like it's a circus, this is kind of sort of the reason why. Whether it was his fault, the Raiders' fault, we don't know. And I'm not here to tell you which one it was. But that whole thing, it, it's just unusual, especially on such a big hire for Antonio Pierce. I want to get your thoughts on how that all went down with Kingsbury. Well, the wording is always when you hear about a signing or a, a potential acquisition expected to hire, expected to sign. You hear this a lot in free agency uh, during the uh, period where legal tampering period where players can make an agreement 
uh, verbal agreement, but it's not official until two days later when the new league year mm-hmm. is actually in, in the swing. So this is while this is rare that you see this, it happens. I remember covering the phrase and Anthony Barr did this. I believe he was supposed to go to New York Jets. He backed out of the deal, whatever. Mm. But back to the actual Raiders-Kingsbury situation. So as you said, it's kind of like a whirlwind of Raiders expected to hire Kingsbury. Vic Taper said that the Raiders were excited and there was a contract breakdown. I, I, I don't know this for sure. I'm not a reporter, but to me, it seems like Kingsbury simply just chose the better job when it, in terms of access to a top quarterback prospect. Let's remember that he's reported to go to the Washington Commanders who have the second overall pick in the draft. And there is some buzz that Caleb Williams may not go to Chicago or may not mm. want to go to Chicago. Right. So with a pos- even if Caleb Williams does go to Chicago, let's say he does, if you're Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, you're either coaching Jaden Daniels or Drake May or you're, you're getting Aiden O'Connell or who <laughs> knows what at 13. So who knows? Basically, yeah. he, he said he – if I'm Kingsbury, I'm thinking, okay, I have a shot to to coach a top quarterback prospect versus a team that's down in the order and they don't really have a clear future at the position. Mm-hmm. So I think the backing out, while they say it's a contract uh, breakdown, Adam Schefter said it was a contract breakdown. I think Cliff Kingsbury just had a sec- had a change of heart uh, when he was offered another job under Dan Quinn, who became the Commanders head coach, I believe, on Thursday they hired him. Yeah. And that happens, Mo. It's just interesting to me, though, that you would get that far to the point where you're just waiting to sign the contract and then a change of heart. I mean, listen, it happens. I've I've been in the situation where offered a job and was like, OK, I'm going to take this job. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, you know, I have reservations about it. And so I think you I think you're right there. I think probably the idea that he was ready to go and then it's like, well, then I think about it a little more. And I think about the situation and, oh, by the way, I have another offer now on the table from a different team with a different coach and it's appealing to me because I might be able to get a better quarterback. You, you, you can't fault someone for that. I know Raider fans aren't happy about it, of course, and I'm sure the coaching staff wasn't happy about it either, especially when you have an agreement in principle. But it happens, right, to, to your point. So, so is this an embarrassment for the Raiders organization is the question because – you can't control what somebody's mind does or tells them their gut tells them to do with the job. But we knew this going in too, right? This is not a criticism. It's just fact, which is the idea that Antonio Pierce, a rookie head coach, and, and he might do just great for the Raiders, but we don't know. He's more of an unknown than a Dan Quinn. Now you could talk to Dan Quinn about his time as a head coach and all that kind of stuff. And his time in Dallas as a defensive coordinator, but he's a little more of a known commodity. Would you agree with that? He went to a Super Bowl, Scott. Yeah. Of course, he's more of a yeah. known commodity. So, right. if you're if you're looking at if you're Cliff Kingsbury, and you're looking at you know top quarterback prospect, a known commodity who's been to the Super Bowl before with his football team versus Antonio Pierce, who's still relatively inexperienced, and we don't know the quarterback situation is going to be with the thirteenth right. overall pick in Aiden O'Connell. Again, choosing the better job, and I'm saying this objectively. From a quarterback perspective, the Raiders' job isn't the most attractive or appealing job for an offensive coordinator. So mm. I'll say this, that no one likes to be stood up at the altar, right? <laughs> regardless of True. what you think about regardless of what you think about Luke Getze, whether he can succeed or not, and we'll talk about that, uh, no one likes to have it where you have your mindset on 
this is the person that I want for this situation. And that person tells you no. No mm-hmm. one likes to hear no when you want that person, right? No, of course not. So you go to your second option. Now, I also say I don't think that the Raiders necessarily settled for Luke Getzey because let's remember Luke Getzey did interview for the position before Cliff Kingsbury. So Luke Getzey was already on the Raiders' radar. He just wasn't their top choice. Correct. And I saw somebody say it's sort of like, you know, you you go and you ask that girl to the prom and she says yes And then like a few days before the prom, she says, guess what? I'm going with somebody else. So now you got to have to go, okay, who else was I going to ask? And, and again, I think, and, and so that, yes, yes. So there, there you go. So, so the situation is that, and, and again, we're going to get into Luke Getze in depth here in segment two to talk specifically about him, but it's to me, here's the, here's the concerns I have. And and if you want to call this negative, call it negative, but this is more of a concern, which is, we know the process by which the Raiders went about finding their head coach. Look, he was in-house. It was easier, right? But Mark Davis said, I was going to do this. I was going to do that. He didn't. Instead, he was convinced by the way that Antonio Pierce um, performed down the stretch with his team that he should get the job. So the whole head coaching search thing kind of changed. Then um, you saw some of this happen with the offensive coordinator. You saw now Marvin Lewis come in as the assistant head coach, and we'll talk about that in a bit too. And so the process has been, I think, not traditional. I'm not saying it's bad per se. It's just from the outside. And this is what I try to explain to fans when they ask, why are the national media so negative about the Raiders? Well, that comes with not winning for so long, number one. It's just organizations, if you haven't had a lot of success, people are not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Now you're in a situation where you have a rookie head coach who's defensive minded. We know what him and Patrick Graham were able to do with that defense. Amazing towards the end of the season. So this offensive coordinator hire going into this cycle, the 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 common narrative was, Mo, this is the most important hire that Antonio Pierce is going to make. It has to be really good. It has to be somebody who's got who's got, I think, the progressiveness that knows current offenses has some level of success somewhere and and he's going to need that person to come in and do it because the Raiders offense was terrible. And then we have the misfire with Kingsbury and then we get Getze who was just fired a couple months ago in Chicago for not advancing their offense fast enough. So when you look at it from the outside and you and you try to evaluate it people have to understand that on the outside doesn't matter if he's well respected which is just cover for covering for your your sources by the way. But if you look at that you look at that, it's 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 concerning just because that was supposed to be the key hire and it hasn't gone well. And Luke Getze might succeed, Mo. We don't know, right? We don't know until he gets a team on the field. It's impossible to say. But people need to understand why it looks so weird from the outside. I mean, from an outside perspective, you're looking at it as, oh, the Raiders raided again, because I saw that <laughs> message a lot on social yeah. media. And I think this is something that was just out of the Raiders' control. There's as you said earlier, there's nothing you can do to help control or control a person's mind. Correct. Uh, so a, a lot of people want to say, you know, Cliff Kingsbury at first, good hire. Now, oh, we don't need the hire. We don't need Cliff Kingsbury in the air raid offense anyway. I still believe Cliff Kingsbury would have been a solid hire. I believe he was my second best option mm-hmm. of the offensive coordinator uh, options that the Raiders had, candidates that they had. Um after Cliff Kubiak, but uh, he he goes to Washington now, and the Raiders move forward with Luke Getze. And as I said, we'll talk about how Luke Getze could be successful, what his offense looks like. But mm. 
if you if you're looking at it too from the outside, you're thinking Luke Getz's offense in Chicago didn't look good. And the Raiders had to settle for their not settle, but the Raiders had to go with their second option after they wanted to high Cliff Kingsbury. So of course, from an outside perspective, it's not gonna look like a smoother good uh move for the Raiders. Well, and I think I think too, it's just it's it's one thing after the other. And I agree with you. I don't think it's their fault. When a guy has a change of heart, I don't think you can blame the Raiders for that. The no. situation the Raiders are in, their position in the draft, their current roster. That has a, to do with it. So in, in that way, if you want to blame the Raiders, I guess you could. But again, that it is what it is. You, you're in that situation. And so so whoever came in to interview for the job knew that coming in. They knew exactly where the Raiders were. So the Ra- it wasn't like the Raiders did a bait and switch or something. So I agree with you. I don't think you blame the Raiders for this one. I think fans are just so used to things, the floor dropping out. Mm-hmm. And people are and, – and the media too. They're just so used to – you talked about it as Raidering – I think that's why, even though this is a much different situation, so I, I'm not going to be hard on the team because Cliff Kingsbury pulls out at the last minute. That's just what he did. Uh, the hire of Getzy, on the other hand, is a different story. And again, we're going to get into that fully in depth here in the second, the second segment. But I think the levels of, hey, we're going to do an exhaustive search for head coach, and then they interview two candidates at side. Now, again, they felt like they had their guy. I would have much appreciated. They had to go through the process, obviously, because of the Rooney rule. But, um, you know, it just seems as though that that went a little bit strange. And then some of the other things that have happened, you hire a running back coach, Deshaun Foster, which I think is a great exam, a great addition to the staff. But you hired that before you hired your offensive coordinator. It, it's sort of it's sort of strange. And, and of course, Chip Kelly was interviewing. Now we heard on Friday or excuse me, on Sunday that one of the reasons Chip Kelly wasn't a choice for the Raiders was he wanted to bring most of his staff from UCLA to be on his defensive or excuse me, on his offensive staff. And apparently that's reports that we've seen across the the web from, from reputable sources or excuse me, reputable uh, outlets saying that that's why he didn't get there, but they hired Deshaun. It's just, to me, it's weird. You hire a running backs coach before you have your offensive coordinator. Usually the offensive coordinator comes in, they fill out the staff based on, what what who they want to bring with them number one and number two there might be people that Antonio Pierce goes to him and says hey man Deshaun Foster is interested in coming here would you be interested in having him as running back coach would you have that didn't happen so the Raiders hiring order has been a little scattered what up y'all it's your boy Danny Green three-time NBA champ you either rooted for me or rooted against me join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the inside the green room podcast it's a podcast that brings you never before told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops this podcast brings you the game like never before follow inside the green room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts it's been a little scattered. We don't know what the, you know, what the arrangement was or how, you know, yeah. a guy was interviewed or would you be interested in working with this person or that person? Mm. So I won't, I won't really comment on that because we don't know what the back channel discussions were. Right. What I will, what I will say is, is that looking at the, the now the second option for the Raiders in Luke Getzey, you look at his track record and you can start to see what the Raiders offense will look like, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of a lot of people were disappointed simply because of how it went down in Chicago. Let's remember he was fired from Chicago after two seasons working with Justin mm-hmm. Fields and, Ty- and Tyson Bajan, who actually beat the Raiders in week seven this past season. But if you're looking at the numbers from Luke Getz's offenses, uh, not very inspiring. No. And we're going to get into that right after the break. Good segue, of course, Mo. See, Mo knows what he's doing. He's a professional. 
Okay, we're going to take our first break here on uh, this edition of Silver and Black today. Coming to you on a Monday. Yes, we're recording it Monday morning. We're releasing it Monday morning-ish, depending what part of the country you're in. So if you missed it on your morning commute, at least you get it on your way home, uh, as well as the video up on YouTube. So make sure you check it out if you haven't already done so. When we come back, we're going to get into the Luke Getze file. We're going to talk about his time in Chicago. We're going to talk about uh, his offenses. We're going to talk about the numbers and we're going to talk about some of the reasoning why he might not have succeeded in Chicago. There could be numerous reasons, not just him, but other reasons, too, that are outside his control. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We're coming back right after this. <laughs> 